Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I am here today with Rob, Rob Iman. <laughs> And we're here today to discuss, Rob, your sermon from this past Sunday. Um, I titled it, Everyone Wants to See Jesus, um, from John chapter 12. I think yours was, your title was slightly different, We Want to See Jesus. We want to see Jesus, yeah. But I mean, I like your title. Good title. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, I... I just thought, what did Rob repeat over and over again in his sermon? And it was, everyone wants to see Jesus. <laughs> so that's what struck me about it is that, uh, you know, you look at every, every group of people and every individual, that's what they were all doing, you know, in that place at that time, uh, during Jerusalem Passover, they're all looking for the guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, I was like, it, it was just, mm, I'm trying to find the words. <laughs> um, I hadn't thought about it before, I guess is probably what I'm trying to say, is that everyone at that moment in time, everyone wanted to see Jesus because of Lazarus's, because he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Oh, yeah. And I don't. I don't know. Somehow I just didn't think that those events were closely linked or, or so close together in time. I don't know why, but I just yeah, it, never made that connection. Oh, it happens. It happens to me. Y'all, right. I mean, I, I, I don't, I rarely go through a week when I don't find something I never made the connection before, before, you know, I'm like, wow, I never thought about that. Um, but yeah, Lazarus's resurrection, Jesus resurrected Lazarus and he did it at a very particular time, just before the Passover. We don't know how how close, but it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. And then he took off because uh, he knew people were trying to kill him. Um, fascinating reality, because 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 what happened to Lazarus went all throughout Judea. Everybody knew that happened because that was a major deal. Four days. There's nobody coming back after four days. Right. Right. That was huge. Was and huge. then. And then here he is at the beginning of chapter 12 at Lazarus's house. Do I have that right? He's he's eating dinner with Lazarus. He's eating dinner with Lazarus. It's fantastic. Yeah. And Mary and Martha are there. And, uh, you know, they're they're having a little party in his honor. Of course, it's his honor, man. He raised Lazarus. Our brother's still alive. You read chapter 11 and you just see how devastated people were because Lazarus was dead. And, And there he is. And I, I just, I just, I have to chuckle when I, you know, when you, when you spend time and you go over the text and go over the text, especially narrative texts, narrative stories, um, and you begin to climb into the story a little bit, you begin to see what likely happened because you, you read those little points about the great number of people who, you know, uh, okay, well, what is that? It's more than 10. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, there's a lot. Um, and then you start to envision what kind of house did Lazarus have? Well, he was probably in an insula. There was, you know, and people came around it and they were probably poking through their heads, through the, you know, uh, poking their heads through the window. You realize that when somebody wanted to see Jesus and they dug a hole in the roof, there, you know, there, there was just, there's a different cultural expectation than we have in our 
our our world where privacy is like, oh, I don't want to get too close. It's paparazzi stuff. No, they were in your face. They were doing it. So it just, it really gets interesting when you start thinking about what might've been taking place with how energized people are. And that, that little line, I, I've thought about this for years, that little line at the end of chapter 11, that people were, were asking one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the feast at all? I mean, what you, where is he? You just need to hear this stuff mm. going on. And, yeah. and they're all looking because they all know something is up. Something big is up. Right. And it's, yeah. And so it's, it's in the air. Like nobody the can air. miss it. Nobody mm-hmm. can miss it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't, I can't imagine what that is like. I mean, I'm just trying to think of what would a modern thing feel like, like maybe walking into a stadium for a big game, whether it's basketball mm. or football, mm. like everybody's talking, everybody's talking, but it's not the same energy as everybody's looking for Jesus Yeah. before the person. Yeah. Because this person, Jesus, I mean, you think about the number of expectations. Jesus had a zealot among his disciples. He had a zealot and he had a Roman tax collector. I mean, you can't get much more of a spectrum than that right. in that day and age. And so, like, uh, Simon the Zealot is probably thinking, hey, maybe this is it. This is when he's going to take over. This is when he's going to pull a sword. This is when he is going to uh, claim his authority, you know. And, uh, and others among the group are thinking that same thing. But the, the Pharisees and the re- religious leaders are thinking big battle. Other people are thinking kingdom of God that's not the kingdom of this world. I mean, Mary and Martha, they understood the day of the resurrection was coming, you know. So just, just the, the different motivations for seeing Jesus just all conflict and all collide. And it's an amazing amalgam, an amazing, uh, you know, critical mass that's taking place in Jerusalem uh, during this very brief time. Right. And, and they're all, a lot of them are represented right there in chapter 12, right? A lot of these, a lot of these different people with their different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You talked about, um, well, you know, at Lazarus's house, Judas is, you know, he's trying to make Jesus conform to his expectations, Judas's own expectations as the zealot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned that just a minute ago, like, this is the time, this is the moment that Jesus is going to step in as the conquering king and take Rome down. And um but then there were others like the Greeks who came and said, Hey, we want to see Jesus. Yeah, and I think that, that's I think that is the key passage. And by the way, Judas was not the zealot. Judas, we're not too sure about all the stuff oh. that Judas said. Oh, okay. But um, but Judas had some specific ideas of what Jesus ought to be doing, like we should be giving this money away to somebody else, or I should have more access to it, or something else. You know, <laughs> who knows what his motivations were? Right. Because um, 300 denarii. Denarii. I mean, that's that's a year's wages. So you know, put that into perspective today. What's what's the median salary? And in Austin, the median salary is eighty thousand dollars a year. So you know, that's a <laughs> bottle of perfume worth eighty k. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But, but I think I think I, I just I just see these concentric circles growing out, and it's interesting that the verse before these um, these Greek uh, folks, these Gentiles, come in. The verse before is the um, Pharisees saying, look, the whole world has gone after him. 
The mm. New Living Translation, which I was using, said everyone is is is, is gone after him. But uh, the, the the more specific is the whole world. And then bam, it's these Gentiles. Who knows where they're mm. from? They go to Philip, likely because Philip's got a Greek name, mm. and uh, they say we, we we'd like to see Jesus. And what they're asking is, we want to meet Jesus. We want to have con- conversation with him. Right. Um, and and I think that that is kind of the, you know yeah look at this the whole world really has grown out to see and want to see Jesus. Uh, and that's exactly where the Savior would have it to be, because it's not just for the Jews. It's, it's for everybody. Right. Yes. And I, uh, um, you know, the verse that you pulled out of Jesus's speech, um, kind of in the middle of John 12, yeah. where, you know, I will be lifted up. Mm. And when I am lifted up, I will draw all people to me. I'm paraphrasing that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like here he is already, he's already drawing everybody to him, the whole world, (laughs) right? Like right there then in that moment in time is like, just like this Jesus, this Jesus, this Jesus. And like, it didn't stop there, right? It's continued on to today. Yeah, yeah. And what I really appreciate about that is I will draw all people to myself. Um, I, Jesus doesn't drag us. He doesn't beat us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't compel us. He doesn't force us. He draws us. There's this, uh, who, who is this guy again? Mm-hmm. You know, um, who is this man? That was a question that was offered many times or asked many times. Um, Jesus would ask his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do others say that I am? Um, right. it, it's, the, it's this question of, well, wow, there's something more to this guy, Jesus, than we recognize right off the bat. We thought that, you know, isn't this the carpenter's son or the tecton's son? Don't we, isn't, isn't his mother and his sisters and brother living amongst us? I mean, this is what they said in Nazareth. We know this guy, don't we? But wait, maybe we don't. Hmm. And it draws us in. And I, I, and I do believe it's his love. It's, you know, when I, when I, when I am lifted up, he's doing that out of love for us. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's that love that draws us in. And, and I, I, I found the juxtaposition between everyone is looking for Jesus. They want to see Jesus. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Look at the cross. Mm, um, you mm-hmm. know, he, his focus was not on, boy, look at my popularity. His focus was right. on, boy, we got, a, we got a big thing coming up here. And what took place on the cross is far more important for us to recognize. When we see Jesus on the cross, that's the starting point for our relationship with him. You know, we can see Jesus on, on a Mount of Transfiguration. We can see Jesus healing the leper. We can see Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. All good things. But when we see him on the cross, that's when a whole new kingdom opens up to us. Hmm. Which, which also isn't possible without Jesus on the Mount of Transformation, on Transfiguration, without Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, without his birth, there is yeah. no death. And yeah, so his whole life is leading to this point in time. Yeah, and, and it's, and all the scripture was leading to this point in time. You know, uh, Genesis mm-hmm. 3.15, um, one of your offspring will um, crush his head and he will have his heel bruised. I mean, the very first messianic promise that God is going to destroy the work of the devil, the power of death and sin. And uh, was going to do it through somebody born of a woman. Uh, wow, that's you know. So the very, very opening days of the hours, minutes after the fall, uh, 
God has been preparing for this particular moment, which is just stunning to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And our understanding of it over the course of human history mm-hmm. has, has changed because as Jesus or as God has revealed more and more details about it. Right. Yes, like right, yeah. I imagine Eve thinking, okay, Oh, look here. I've had the son Abel and now he's going to be, he's going to crush the evil one. Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, wait, no, 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 honey. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Yeah. It's going to be more than a little bit. Have you, have you ever seen that? Um, it's a painting of Mary comforting Eve. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's just, there's just such a uh, profound um, depth of thought that goes into that. That Ma- The pregnant Mary is comforting Eve. Yes. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. That is, it is, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful painting. It's an icon, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back to the world coming to see Jesus. Yes. Um, you mentioned, you kind of put people into categories, which I think are probably very accurate. And maybe there are more, but these are the ones that we talked about. You talked about on Sunday. Um, there were the confused. Yeah. Um, you know, the crowds were confused. They were trying to understand Jesus. They were trying to figure out, wait, how do, our, how do my expectations fit this guy? Maybe, maybe my expectations need to change about what's happening in front of me. Just very mm-hmm. confused. Um, there's the curious. Did I say curious first? Yeah, you said confused first. I don't know I said, what I said first. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. I wrote down curious first. And I'm like, wait, what did I say first? Confused you or curious? Confused. You said confused. I was listening. Okay, good, good. So we have the confused, we have the curious, like the Greeks who come to Philip and say, we're interested in meeting this guy. Um, And then you kind of expanded it to uh, people who come to see Jesus out of habit. Mm. Um, You know, we always go to church on Easter Sunday. That's our habit. Yeah, and I think that there's a, you know, what, what, what I see in those different categories, Michelle, um, are people today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are folks that are confused or trying to figure it out. I'm, sure, I'm trying to figure out some of the stuff. You know? like, How does that <laughs> right. fit again, Lord? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, uh, so there are, there are those folks that are really are trying to figure it out. And rather than shut the door and say, ah, it makes no sense at all, we continue to engage. And that's what I appreciated about. You know, so so, so how, we've always been told that that the Messiah is going to live forever. How can you say that the son of man is going to die? Who is the son of man? Is the son of man and the Messiah the same thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that they were very sincere in their questions. They were very mm-hmm. sincere in their searching. They were confused, but they weren't shutting the door on Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, there were the curious who were just kind of testing it out on, I wonder, it happens today, right? People are going to just, just test it out. Oh yeah, I, Jesus is good, you know, but I don't, Mm-hmm. I'm curious, but I'm not willing to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, those who come by habit, I mean, how many folks were coming to the Passover by habit? Um, just because oh, of right. and, Or they want to see Jesus just because it's the, you know, back then they didn't have social media and shows and things like that. So, I mean, seeing Jesus might have been like catching the latest episode of some big new thing that, you know, the Mandalorian or some movie that just came out. That's a blockbuster. Right. Hey, I got to see it. Yeah. I got to see him. Yeah. 
Yeah, gives them something to talk about when they go home. Yeah, I got to see him. Yeah, he didn't really impress me too much, but I got to see him. Yeah, yeah. Two thumbs way up. (laughs) (laughs) Rotten tomato score, five out of five. (laughs) I wonder what Jesus' rotten tomato score was going to (laughs) be. And I, you, you talked about people who are waiting for Jesus to conform to their expectations instead of conforming their expectations to Jesus. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I thought about that idea, I thought, oh my goodness, I could fall into that camp. And I also thought um, that maybe those people are angry. Hmm. Yeah, angry or hurt. Or hurt, uh, right. Missed expectations, damaged in the past. I can name a number of people who have had horrible things happen to them and they question where God was in that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, uh, the missed expectations and these things can cause us to, to have a different view of who the Lord is and they were expecting Him to do something for us. and. Uh, and it keeps us away. Yeah, it's it's a hard run there. Um, yeah. I I I think we all do that to some degree, though. We all flow. It's not like any of us are like machines that so true. are consistent all the way along. We go through seasons of life where I go through seasons where I'm expecting God to be a vending machine for me. You know, why um, haven't you? Yeah. Why haven't you done such and such for me? Or Right. You know, you reach a point in your life and you say, well, golly, when I was 30, I expected X, Y, and Z to be a reality when I was 60 and 60. And I mean, X, Y, and Z aren't even close to being here, you know? Right. My life Um, did not turn out the way I expected. So where's God in that, you know, this type of thing. So I think that, um, I, I think that every one of us goes through those moments where we are given the opportunity to choose whether we're going to try to fit Jesus to our mold and say, because you don't fit, I'm walking away. Or mm. to say, maybe I need to change the way I'm thinking about this a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. That's the tough part, isn't it? It is. And I think we do expect, like, if we see Jesus move um, in a powerful way in our, you know, in our history or in our past, Then we expect when we, when we're facing a similar situation, we're like, okay, God, time for you to show up just like you did 10 years ago or five years ago or whatever. Like I expect, I'm expecting the same thing. And then God's like, yeah, I don't work the same way twice. You know, the walls of Jericho fell once. (laughs) Well, I've been struck Michelle by, um, you know, listening to Caleb or something, just the number of songs back to back to back that talk about my God is a strong God. My God can overcome anything. The, the mountains are going to fall. You know, I'm like, I wonder if this is reflective, reflecting, reflecting the, um, the current attitude that's in our country where there's just a lot of stuff that we have no control over. Mm. And we're believing God to break it down. But I'll, I'll tell you, the Lord in the last two days has led me back to Habakkuk. Habakkuk, mm. Habakkuk, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows how to pronounce it's, that. It's the, it's the one with all the K's. <laughs> ah, the one with all the K's, right. Um, and there's a fascinating little thing in there because the Babylonians are coming. And God says, I'm bringing them. And Habakkuk says, what? 
How can you be a God of justice to bring these unjust sinners whose God is their strength mm-hmm. to come and overwhelm your people, you know, uh, to put, to put us in their nets. And, and God says, wait, wait, um, though, though it delays, it's coming. My work is coming. And um, there's some sense that the delay was 700 years till Jesus came, you know? Mm. So we don't see the full spectrum in our tiny 70, 80, 90 year time frame of what God is doing. And we expect him to do what he did 10 years ago or 2000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he says, ah, it's, it, it's a different time and you're a different person. Mm-hmm. Because the healing that like, the Iman's experienced in one of our kids in 1995, I shared this another time, the healing that Michael experienced in 1995, we may not get that again because that's what we needed back then. But now there's right. something else we need right now, you know. Right. right. Um, so uh, it, it's a matter of surrendering that this time we have on the planet is preparation for that time when we will be with God for eternity, we'll be with Christ for eternity. Mm-hmm. And he is using this time to transform us into the image of Christ um, with ever-increasing glory, says Paul in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Uh, and how then do we surrender ourselves to that work? Even now? Mm-hmm. And that's the big question. Yeah. So every one of those categories, man, I, I probably fall on every one of them somewhere along the way. <laughs> Yeah. And I curious, the confounded, the confused, whatever. Yeah. The habit, the habit. Yeah. But, but if you, even if we fall into one of those categories, that doesn't mean we have to stay there. Right. And it doesn't negate it. Like if we have uh, chosen to follow Jesus and we choose to love him, we can also feel confused. We can also act out of habit. We can also be hurt and angry. And that doesn't necessarily negate our love for him. Right. It's just as the psalmists, you know, David or the other psalmists, they, they express their hurt, confusion, sorrow, and it ultimately led to expressions of faith and love yeah, towards well God. Said. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we're preparing for Monday, Thursday now, and tomorrow night's Monday, Thursday, and the communion meal. And I've just been pondering how, because we're going through the Gospel of John, and you read through, you read through that, you know, the teaching that Jesus had, which he had the Synoptic Gospel, don't include, but John does. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go through the teaching Jesus was giving them, the words they were receiving from him that night. You sit back and realize, man, these guys were confused. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure what was going on. And uh, I was thinking about the questions that we were going to encourage folks to, you know, if they, I was thinking about, wow, if I was there, what would I think the success would be for this endeavor? <laughs> <laughs> the leader is about to leave them. He's going to be killed. And yeah. the, the disciples still don't have a real solid clue as to what's going on. But yeah. if that's the way that they were, and Jesus loved them, and entrusted the kingdom to them, he can do the same thing for me because mm-hmm. I don't have it all together and I won't until he returns. And so there's a great hope for me in that. That even that even that, you know, as, as we want to see Jesus, even though my motivation might be wrong, wrong in quotes, even though my motivation might be immature, 
Uh, mm. Even though I don't have a picture of what is actually taking place that's clear, mm -hmm. Jesus says, I'm going to draw you to myself. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Mm -hmm. And that brings a great hope to me. That does. And that is a great place to end, I think, with hope. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Better than any with despair. I'd always rather end with hope. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, Rob, thank you so much for being with me today. And thank you to our audience, whether you've joined us live or later on our podcast or on our blog. We are really grateful for your time and attention for these few moments of your week. And we um, look forward to seeing you at our Easter services, Monday, Thursday at seven, Good Friday, either at noon or seven. They are both the same. And then of course, Resurrection Sunday. Is this Sunday, April 17th, 9 and 10.30 a.m. Have a great day. Yeah.